You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Coming to you from Magnified Cemeteries, Magnified Pod presents Magnifrite Pod, a nostalgic sampling of horror punk albums from the Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pits of hell. I am Count Andrew. I am John O'Lantern. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> Just trying something out. <laughs> this is our podcast. That's our food werewolf. And <laughs> this is week three Ooh. of Magnifrite Pod. Mm. I never want it to end, baby. I'm I it's it this is fun. You know, this it is, is this is a, an excuse for us to drink uh, <laughs> some unique beers that we might not normally mm. drink. Eat some spooky candies, talk spooky stories. Indeed. And I have been enjoying it, surprisingly. I haven't <laughs> necessarily been partaking in any scary movies in this season. Yeah. You know, but still. You haven't I'm... seen any ghosts, have you? <laughs> I have not seen any ghosts. That's good. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. John, we we were talking, I think it was last episode. We were talking last episode, or was it? No, maybe that was the first one when we were talking our first horror movie. And I was mm. talking about Scream. And at that time, I didn't know that there was a new Scream oh, yes. coming out. And and since we talked about that, the new trailer, yeah, new trailer dropped for, is it Scream 5? It would be, but they're just calling it Scream. They're just calling it Scream. Which I feel like is the cowardly way out. They should have spelled it with a five as the S, you know? Yes. Five creams. This, this is <laughs> gross. Five creams. Five cream. You know, Do you like scary creams. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Keep going. I I don't understand when they reboot a franchise when they just because they did this a few years ago with Halloween. Candyman they, as well. And they just did it with, and it's, it's confusing because like, if you're rebooting a franchise, I get, I can, you, you can make the argument for just calling it something else, yeah. but this is a continuation. Like right. Candyman is a full on reboot of the original, right? Mm. Isn't it? Isn't or it, is it? Is it? Okay. We'll have to watch to find out I what guess. you know you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're picking up kind of where you left off like halloween is just it's just one big long saga with yeah although they canceled out everything except for the first movie with this new reboot like Uh, all the sequels they just wiped off the map for this new version but of for halloween yeah what is that what do you mean they just like (laughs) 
they're just retconning everything and just be yes. like, it's-, it's as if it starts with the end of the first one. Um, so there's doing away. There's also been like kind of multiple revamps of Halloween within the many Halloween movies. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tough to keep track of which ones wipe the slate clean and which ones continue and which ones are sequel to which ones. Anyway, yeah. it, it seems that this is kind of the year of not not just reboots of horror movies, but extremely self-aware horror right. movies because it's like, look at all these older characters coming back and they're like, they're the elder statesmen. And so they're, right. they need to teach the younger generation about this, yeah. the things that are coming upon their town or whatever. It's, Indeed. It, it's not exactly the most inspired no of, of plots but you like know. new stuff let's hear some new stories yes that would be great let's watch the old ones again um uh, but yeah i don't i don't know what what more you're getting out of and and evidently there's going to be a new this is this is a halloween trilogy so yes next this year is the, the second, second of the three right the three so uh yep. I, I don't know. I don't know if I will see. The, I, I definitely am not going to watch the the Halloween one because uh, Halloween Kills, I believe, is what it's called. Because yes, evidently it's like extremely brutal. Yeah, and that is one of the things that I like least about right the slasher genre. Yeah, is just like I don't I don't like just over-the-top aggressive brutal violence it just is yeah. not give me the werewolves give me the vampires like i don't i yeah man spooky stuff without people just being like ripped apart like you know literally i was reading one review that's like people are being like you know torn open with their hands you know with yeah like, with michael myers's hands or whatever right they're just like this so it's a bit much for me yeah i Man, I just rewatched the first one, uh, which is so good. And he was not some supernatural being. He was just like a big dude who was spooky. Dude. Yeah. And now there's all this like, you know, different mythology and he's some sort of superhero and whatever. But I can understand if somebody wanted to create a mythology around, you know, like um like No Country for Old Men. This mm-hmm. this idea that this this character is like like some sort of personification of death or something right. like that and what well, i'm trying and i'm blanking i'm anton sugar yeah 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 just like one of the most that that movie was violent but for a non-horror movie that was like one of the most terrifying characters <laughs> absolutely in, in cinema yes he's so terrifying to me and like, what's the most you ever lost in a cuentos <laughs> call it friendo <laughs> Oh, the worst the absolute worst just thinking about that scene makes me anxious but yeah anyway um so yeah horror movies horror movies aside uh mm. I, i'm hoping that everybody is, in, is enjoying the the spooky season yes and i need to we're doing a lot of talking already we got to get some parched in parched bro what do you got over there Oh, I got a pumpkin weird beer. Ooh, okay. I have a pumpkin kerfuffle. Your background, sh- your your skeleton <laughs> background is obscuring the beer entirely. 
Okay. I got some I got some dancing skeletons back there and they're they're getting yep. in the way. But yes, I have a pumpkin <laughs> kerfuffle. Get ready for this description. This is a, a prairie artisan ales who have talked about on the pod before. They're from Tulsa. Uh, this beer is an imperial sour beer with pumpkin pie spice blend and toasted marshmallow flavor. <laughs> wow. That's a weird beer if ever I've heard one, right? Yeah, this is the um the cup. Ooh, that was quite the that that's it was sort of the a take on that that the son of man painting with the 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 man with the the apple yes, on yes. his face. Yeah, I wasn't sure you were talking about it at first. I was like, what is this a Jesus thing? But yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um I have whoa. Sorry, I'm recovering from that <laughs> sip. That's a lot of things going on. Break it down. Break it down for us. Well, there's Imperial Sour Beer, which just on its own is a lot, right? Right, right. And then with pumpkin pie spice and right. toasted marshmallow flavor. So like all those things at once, imagine that. Uh, what percentage did you say it was? It's got to be, well, 8.2, which still, is high for still pretty high. sour. Um, it's good. I mean, there's a lot going on, but I'm into it. I like it. I, um, I have almost the absolute opposite <laughs> uh-huh. of that. I have a Bald Man Brewing, mm-hmm. a Minnesota beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I've been drinking, so far I've exclusively had Minnesota beers. Keep it local. This is the Rocktoberfest Ooh. Marzen Lager. This is a leftover from our uh, bro dabbler that we did yes. the previous weekend. I did where... FaceTime in a bit for, for some <laughs> brief dabbling. I... Uh, I was already very drunk at that point. There had been a lot of dabbling. It was clear already. <laughs> we did we did more than dabble. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. Oh my god! Now I'm remembering some of the conversation about. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll just we'll talk we'll just, about it off mic. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say um, we were discussing what is and isn't vegan, and mm. we'll just I just remembered that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yep. that'll be that'll that is not for the pod. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is a um, oh God. These beers are these always filled to the top. Um, yeah, this is a Marzen Lager. So it is. The description is: this clean, refreshing lager features all German barley and noble hops to create a bright and crisp beer. And we did uh, our friend, your friend and mine, friend of the pod, Mark Atkinson. We did a blind taste test of four different Oktoberfest beers, mm-hmm. and uh, this was my um, this was my number two. But okay. it was a very it's still very good, very good beer, very cl- uh, crisp and bright are yeah the appropriate words I would use to describe it. That sounds great. What was your number one? Um, it was one by Omni. Okay. You ever had anything by Omni? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They make good stuff, and yeah. out of their uh, suburban uh, mm-hmm. brewery, so a little bit of a trek to get there, but sure. still, Omni's very good. Uh, yeah. Candy wise, yeah. What you got going on today? What are we? What are we going to go with? Well, where's your pumpkin I, friend? My pumpkin friend is right here. <laughs> he is. Got my pumpkin, my orange pumpkin with the candy. Um, we got two candies left, John. Okay. And I, uh, I really want to. I, I want. I, part of me wants to save one of one of these for the last week. 
Okay. Because it's the most wild of the three. <laughs> okay. I mean, of the of the two that I have remaining. But you mm-hmm. know what? We um, we're talking an interesting band today. They deserve. Sure. They deserve a very interesting candy. Uh, this is the Warheads Ooh. Sour Body Parts Hell Yummy yeah. Candy. Sounds great. Uh, so it's got the the Warheads guy on the front puckering. He looks mm-hmm. like a Frankenstein's a monster. Frankenstein, yes. Yeah, he's got the little bolts in his neck. Uh, the sour body parts look like they they include blue and white teeth, red and white bone, mm. and pink and green brain. And Into those it. are cherry, blue raspberry, and green apple, respectively. Sounds great. Um, yeah. So. They, Let's we got to hear about them. Yeah. So uh, are you gonna you gonna share your uh, yes. quote unquote candy? I told Andrew, I have the scariest candy of them all: black licorice. Gross. Uh, so delightful and tasty. Trash. Trash candy. Not necessarily Halloween, but I do love black licorice year round, and you know wow. it's black. That's spooky. People hate it, so it's kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, if I got black for me, if I got black licorice in my Halloween candy, right to the trash. Come on, man! Good and plenty. That sounds wonderful. Good and plenty is trash. You mean tasty? Is what you meant to say? Um, no. Mike and Ike. You know, there's. You know, did you know? So, dots, uh, are the you know those very chewy, sort of. Um, I don't know what you what you would classify. So like gumdrop They're like a gumdrop. And classic movie theater candy dots. Mm-hmm. And they used to have they used to have black licorice dots in there, but they removed them entirely. <laughs> delicious. And it's they and, the public couldn't handle how delicious. Well, they no, were. then they then they made them their its own thing called crows. Oh, right. So, so it's like all all crows are are just like the black licorice dots. Hell yeah! Because Sounds it's just great. like because people are like, Ugh, I'm in the movie theater in the dark. Grab for one. It's like, oh, this is trash. More for right. me. I'm a monster. But here's a brain. brains. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Pretty brainy. Mm. Yeah, because dots. these have these have that powdery crunchy sugary part on the outside that i enjoy right Ooh. yes look at these teeth bro Ooh, these look good. good that's good detail on these there's good detail on these teeth brains and teeth Ooh. <laughs> trying have to wear teeth on like a little grill they are delicious there's a bone um they are nowhere near as sour as like a regular warhead sure still a delightfully fun candy i'm very okay pleased with these i like the i like the level of sour yeah i'm gonna choose something good too yeah i'm into that uh i gotta choose a good one for for our final entry it's very fun what's your favorite flavor Mm, i don't know man let me get back to you okay all right keep keep eating these yeah let them let them wash over your palate meanwhile my review trader joe's soft black liquor swiss delightful as always trash on your unwanted black liquors to magnified studios <laughs> and i will eat them 
Got lots of brains and teeth in here. Where are those bones at, bro? Mm. Give me them bones. Give me them bones. I'm happy with this. <laughs> what, a, what a freak I am. I'm drinking Imperial Sour Pumpkin Beer and eating black licorice candy, and I'm enjoying it. Mm. That red and white bone, bro, that might be my, might right. be my favorite. The, uh, the blue raspberry. Very good. Love a bone. Love a bone. Um, a couple bone well, bros. Just nope. a couple of bone bros. <laughs> dem, dem bones, dem bones, dem bone bros. Uh, we've talked some of our favorite scary things. We've talked yep. some of our first horror movies. Mm-hmm. This time we're going we're gonna to stroll down that spooky memory lane. Mm. Mm. Talk about maybe some of our favorite trick-or-treating times, some of our favorite Halloween memories. Yeah. Uh, what comes to mind uh, for little Andrew filling so- up his pumpkin? So we have, there's one of my earliest Halloween memories comes in the form of a picture of me and my brother, Brian, in our first house in Salina, Kansas. Mm -hmm. So this probably would have been, if I had to ballpark it, would have been probably 1989, it's my guess. Taylor Swift here. Yes. (laughs) Um, That's what we, that's what we called it back then. Like. Guys, we, you don't know it yet, but this is a very important year for pop yeah. music. <laughs> and there's a picture of me and, Bri- and Brian on our front doorstep. Um, I'm dressed as a mouse, uh, inexplicably. Sure. I don't cute. know why. Uh, I'm very cute. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian. Still are. Oh, shit, bro. <laughs> um, Brian, uh, this, this just tells you it's very much the decade that we're in but brian is fully dressed in hawaiian t-shirt and elf mask <laughs> that's the best we get we might have to post this if you yeah can find it. we'll we'll find we have it's definitely digitized somewhere on okay. it's on facebook somewhere but so there's that and um i do remember also also in salina i remember going as this was in the early years of family matters Hmm. so i wanted to dress up as a nerd because i wanted to be steve urkel Mm -hmm. um so i went as a nerd one year um suspenders giant glasses yeah um you know cheese goofy goofy hat um yeah i did not i didn't i don't know if i carried any cheese (laughs) cheese any cheese that's what you would ask when you trick or treated. Yeah, I would. I would, you know, knock over people's candy, and I'd be like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yep. And there was so there's this tweet that's been going around again as it as tweets perennial favorites of of the year that come up. Um, there the tweet that says uh, trick or treating in the Midwest always sucked. Because I could never right. go as Spider-Man. I had to go Spider-Man wearing a fucking jacket. Right, yeah. <laughs> coat over all your... Coat, coat over your entire costume because yeah. it's cold and you want to go out trick-or-treating, but you can't wear your costume for yeah. too long because you'll get too cold. And I remember one year in Kansas that there was a just straight-up blizzard just yeah so much snow yeah and there was 
and we had somehow convinced our saint parents to still let us go out and presumably they presumably they came with us and mm-hmm. um and there's like nobody out but from you know what my dad retells is that people were just like offloading so much candy because mm-hmm. nobody was coming yeah. out so they're just like just take 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 the candy yeah um yeah and i i seem to remember too hearing people in minnesota talk about similar halloween experiences did you have a did you have a similar yes. story like that that was going to be the one that i brought up is one of my most memorable trick-or-treating experiences the halloween blizzard of 1991 mm. uh twin cities just feet feet of snow and i remember just sort of like walking along with my bag down the sidewalk and just sort of like falling over into a giant <laughs> uh pile of snow intentionally and just being like this is wild that i can just sort of fall over and there's a giant pile of snow right there mm-hmm. um yes yeah, so i remember my dad going with us uh, it was a good time we were all having fun uh perhaps the parents weren't but you know it seemed very weird at the time but then two years ago here at least it snowed on halloween uh it was all icy and we took the kids out and i think we saw one other trick-or-treating group maybe two and yeah similarly most houses are like you're the only ones who we've actually seen and they give us a ton of candy so that was its own experience but then last year was also pretty fun uh nice weather that time um and we weren't sure what trick-or-treating was going to look like in that covid halloween year but it ended up being super fun because people came up with all these creative ways to give out candy uh we had one neighbor who set up like a little toy train that went out on tracks to people from their garage and like dropped off candy and then went back with people who had like you know those big like shoots metal shoots where they'd send them out and i don't know we ended up like meeting more neighbors that year than we normally do in a regular trick-or-treating so uh this year my kids are making us all be Star Wars characters. Yes. Um, and making you, have a, you. They're, well, let, I, they're letting you. Allowing us. <laughs> um, but it is by demand. Um, you have a Chewy hoodie, don't you? Chewbacca hoodie? I, I don't have a Chewbacca hoodie. I have a Chewbacca okay. bathrobe. Okay, that's what it is. It's a full Maybe on Chewy bathrobe. bathrobe. Uh, uh, I'm getting a. It's so I'm, warm. <laughs> I'm getting a onesie, a chewy onesie in the mail. Yes. So I'll have to post some pics of that. Hell yeah. Uh, Jenny's going to be Leia. Uh, Ooh, Elliot is Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just celebrated her anniversary. I know. I'm a monster. She's general of the I, it's, it's, Rebels. It's, appro- it's, appropriate. it's appropriate for the season because I'm actually a monster. <laughs> <You're>, uh, <woo. laughs> um, so uh, Elliot is going to be. Elliot's going to be Luke. Uh, Milo was going to be R2-D2, but then last minute changed it to Darth Vader. So they're both going to have lightsabers. And of course, our dog is going to be Grogu. So oh. it's going to be a good time. Yes. Um, but yeah, growing up, I mean, one of my other like distinct trick-or-treating memories is getting home in time to watch The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror mm. uh, when it would air on Halloween. I just remember that being like such a staple Yes. And those early, like, I don't know, whatever, 10 years of the Halloween episodes are like so good and burned in my memory forever. But coming home and dumping out your pumpkin, eating candy while watching Simpsons Halloween. I mean, that's that's the dream, man. I'm just trying to get back to that that point in my life. I'm um, really excited for 
this being my first i mean this is technically technically my second halloween in this house but mm-hmm. I didn't last year do, was weird last year was weird um they were just sort of i feel like there weren't a ton of trick-or-treaters and i don't even remember if i was even home sure um, on halloween but um i am actively going to be participating this year Cool. I have. I don't have any decorations or anything, but I will be uh, sitting out on my porch. Um, I I'm going to try and participate at the very least in the ways that I've I've seen other people in St. Paul hmm. do it. That there was one year I was trick or treating with Mark and his kids and his neighborhood in St. Paul and there were people just like out with their kids and they were just like the adults were drinking and there was yes. this guy pouring individual like little shot glasses of whiskey for the adults and I'm just like this it's is wonderful. the greatest thing in the world it's the best so that's exactly what I'm going to be doing yeah I'm man. going to be uh passing out candy and then to adults I'll be like do you want some <laughs> A little whiskey. That rules. I'm definitely going to be doing that and getting, getting you know, not not some <laughs> not getting high end stuff or anything, but mm. you're gonna be blasting Grave Robber for all the kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll be like, you're um, gonna die. <laughs> Do you want some whiskey? Um, that's the great thing about Halloween is it's fun when you're a little kid. It's fun in your 20s when you're partying. I remember like going to like block parties when I lived in D.C. and that was just like yeah we would just drink everybody had like beers out for all the neighbors and you know playing ghostbusters theme song over and over and fun stuff like that now getting to kids and take your kids out um i also remember i think i've talked about this a little bit before but what may have instilled some of my love of spooky things is my parents taking me out for haunted hay rides when i was little mm. and they were just like i remember these very elaborate trails of terror was one of them um yeah you know the kind of thing where they come out at you with chainsaws or ghosts or whatever while you're in a spooky hayride and oh man i just remember the time of year and the way that the air felt crispiness of the leaves and the smell and the spookiness uh, it's also good it's imprinted on me deeply yeah. um so many fun times uh growing up hopefully some fun times coming this year as well and uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like other I remember I won a Halloween costume contest when I was five and I dressed like a dinosaur. Nice. It was apparently pretty cute. Was it a like a homemade dinosaur or what, what was it, it about was, those? I don't know. I think it was store-bought, but maybe I was just like at an especially cute age. Yeah, <laughs> nobody else had the dinosaur thing. And that was the other thing. It was that some like local community center and I know we bobbed for apples which is like that wouldn't happen today <laughs> that seems like a giant nightmare yes. um yeah I don't know I even stuff like I remember trick-or-treating and like going into neighbors basements where they'd set up like DIY haunted houses and I'm like I feel mm. like that wouldn't happen today either right like they'd just be like come on in kids come downstairs and we're like <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, I mean, churches have hell houses. That's true. Uh, so, but that's that's safe because it's a church, even though it's right. traumatizing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I support I support neighbors having haunted houses in their basements. That sounds fun. 
yeah, I I definitely couldn't. I'm definitely not at an age where I could pull that off. Like, yeah, just come into the single guy's porch. (laughs) Just come into that single guy's house in the basement. No big deal. It'll be fine, probably. He's giving out whiskey. Um, (laughs) He's the guy. He's the guy who's getting every uh, getting everybody liquored up. Um, Hey, you want to see my basement? Or (laughs) got some guitars down there. (laughs) So. Uh, I'm not sure how many listeners are familiar with the um, the Instagram page, Christian Nightmares. <laughs> there was one this that was posted today as they they do this with like like a lot of holidays leading up to the holiday, especially Christmas. But yeah. um, but their post is you know Halloween is just 17 days away, and there's this someone out in front of someone's house written on a shoddily made cross out of cardboard. It says, no candy, but there's plenty of Jesus here. Knock if you need to receive salvation. God bless. Yikes. We had a lot of knocks that night. (laughs) Skipping that house and egging it or, (laughs) no, just, I mean, come on. Like, who's, like, who other than somebody who's already saved or already a Christian is going to be like, oh, because those people operate under the same thing that like other the same idea that like characters in and Jack Chick tracks operate under <laughs> these people like right. in his in his tracks have like never heard of Christianity. Right, right, right. Never heard of Jesus. And it's like, oh, you mean the most popular religion right. in the country? He's like, Right. Jesus? No. I'm like, what is what do you what is this you're talking about? The salvation you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like um, you're, you're you know, and then if they get egged, they're going to, you know, you know, persecution complex. Right. Yeah. It's just society. Uh, <laughs> just have, you're allowed to have fun. It's okay <laughs> to give candy to cute kids and dinosaur costumes. It's no, fine. Not if it's to worship the dark <laughs> Lord. Yes. As, um, as we all do. As we all do. Um, speaking of worshiping the dark lord i don't know i don't have a good transition do we have that's any a great, that's a great transition do we have any voicemails from our legions of worshipers <laughs> we do are you calling are you calling us the devil uh yeah mag pod for death <laughs> cool, cool 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 all right yeah we've got a variety of uh voicemails we've got um voicemail line 872-762-4763 magpod we we got some we got something from Danny Stairs. Uh, he sent us a number of voicemails related to uh, Halloween and other spooky content. Hey, what's up, guys? Your boy Danny Scares here. I'm calling in <laughs> nice. uh, just to check in with you on this whole uh, spooky stuff growing up. Where you're at? Uh, I think I'm much more in Andrew's vein. I I wasn't allowed to watch scary stuff. Uh, so every once in a while, I would, like with my cousin or whatever, who was allowed to watch more at my mom's where uh, the reins were a little more loose. Um, and it would scare the shit out of me every time. Mm. But I would do it because I thought I had to, to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just a little kid, and I thought, you know, you have to do what other people are doing or other people say it's cool to be cool. And someday I'll learn that that's not true. Maybe. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I had uh, similar experiences, like, are you afraid of the dark? So at my mom's house, we had cable when I was a kid, but at my dad's we didn't get it until I was older. Um, but on Friday nights then I would watch, you know, Snick at her house every so often. Not all the time. Sometimes we would watch something else 
you know, but uh, one time I fell asleep to an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I had the worst nightmares about it. I don't remember anything about the episode itself. I just remember that I had just a horrible night. Um, it was a horrible night. Other than night. that, um, <laughs> I can't remember any other specific. Is Danny did, is Danny going to say that he woke up from that dream and realized that the, <sighs> the horrible night was that he had fallen away from God? I think so. <laughs> um, and then as an adult, I really don't like most scary stuff. Like, I did just watch Midnight Mass, which is, you know, yes. I didn't find it, like, scary, scary. Like, not like, you know, like, I, when he said, like, not like to jump out and scare you, uh, surprise stuff. I, that, that doesn't appeal to me, but, like, the, the spooky story, like, all that, like, that, that stuff I'm cool with. Just, like, I don't like, like, you know, like I think Andrew said, like, the slasher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but, you know, I started reading Stephen King as an adult. Uh, I've gotten really into a lot of his stuff. I uh, really enjoy that. Uh, so, uh, but I, I think I prefer, for most scary stuff, I would probably prefer to read it than to see it on the screen. Um, you know, it's, then it's, you know, just, I, I think I prefer to read most things anyhow. So. Anyhow, I uh, just wanted to check in with you guys, uh, tell you you're doing a great job, and I'm uh, looking forward to the rest of this episode. Back on for life, toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for all thanks for all those smooches danny really really felt that last one <laughs> yeah i you know it's we got we got both we got both people you know sides of the coin for people mm-hmm. that are really into all the spooky stuff and then other people like me and danny and to an extent i guess maybe brian Canberra, the ruby librarian who's also a little bit more uh you know shine away from some of that stuff at least you know mm-hmm. you know more so when he's younger too but um anyway we got a, another another voicemail from danny with a halloween story what's up my dudes your boy danny scares coming in again i forgot to mention i knew there was something else i wanted to touch on in my last message i tried to combine topics for once uh, it's not my favorite thing to do but um anyhow uh talk halloween so growing up again not really allowed to partake in that um, when I would be at my dad's house, sometimes at my mom's house, she would do it, I think, most years. But uh, the only time I really remember going out was one year I dressed as Sergeant Slaughter. Um, that's the only time I really can remember a Halloween, like, going out until I was, like, fairly older. And even then, I don't think I went out much. Um, but the story I wanted to tell was about the alternative Halloween uh, festivities we would get into. And I'm going to see if I can find a picture or pictures from this uh, event. I'm going to send them uh, to you guys. Um, but when I was, I don't know how old I would have been. I was a young child, um, maybe five years old or so, five, six years old. We weren't participating in Halloween. I was with my, my dad and stepmom. And we, I don't know who's brilliant idea this was, but we decided we would have a, we didn't, they did, um, with my dad's siblings' kids, so all my cousins on my dad's side, um, we were going to have a dress as your, I don't know if it's necessarily favorite, but dress as a Bible character event, and so we did all the same kind of Halloween stuff, bobbing for apples, you know, all those kinds of things, we got a bunch of candy, uh, but we dressed as Halloween, for, we dressed as Bible characters, so like I had a cousin who dressed as Samson, so he got to be someone cool. Um, 
and, you know, all the other people. But for whatever reason, me and my sister dressed as Mary and Joseph with our little baby doll Jesus. Whoa. So I think that may be one of the scariest Halloween stories, but <laughs> I'll let you guys decide. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Help. When you walked around with your cousin, you went, me and Samson. <laughs> um, I would have been Satan, right? Oh, no me. longer friends. <laughs> that would have been the move. Dress as like a demon. You'd be like, it's from the Bible. Um, we're looking at some pictures here. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's young Danny. It's Joseph. Oh, my gosh. He, it's beautiful. His, his youngest son is the spitting yeah, image. Yeah. They look oh, very similar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is unbelievable uh <laughs> that, that's samson. samson i think yeah he's flexing his muscles flexing cool <laughs> cheesing with a with a big smile long hair um that is oh, outstanding yeah. uh yeah these are these are about as uh late you know late 80s as you yeah. can get Man, oh, even man. as a kid, I would have been like a Bible character. <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> well, was okay. So what did I can't remember it went the the timeline of this was Sergeant Slaughter after this because that's definitely a step up yeah. from from going as Joseph to like <laughs> a wrestling character. Right. I'm assuming it was later. He said he was only like five here. So Sergeant Slaughter seems like a, a later evolution. That's that's, um, true. that's pretty good. Do you remember those? Do you remember the costumes in the 80s and 90s where it was like the mask and then like a smock with the character on it <laughs> where it's like, why is there, how is that how the character dresses like a little picture of themselves to be like, see, yeah. I'm Alf. At least your brother had a Hawaiian shirt. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, we're going to have to put, we'll put <laughs> I'll ask, I'll ask Brian if that's okay. I mean, he's, his face is obscured. So, <laughs> I mean, it could be anybody, but yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't Elf. know what, yeah, I don't know why I. Uh, didn't go as a cat. Oh, know. that would have been good. That would have been a better costume. Be eating you all night. Yeah, he's like, just could have been chasing me. It could have been a good bit. Yeah, but blew Sounds it. Fun. Um, <clears throat> we got Robert Schneider. Hi, this is Robert Schneider from Jacksonville. I figured I'd join the cool club of people leaving voicemails while driving. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to call and say uh, thank you guys, really, uh, for the last uh, bit of the season with Craig's brother. Mm. Uh, they weren't really on my radar uh, for a while, and it was a really a delight rediscovering them. Uh, they'll definitely be so, – uh, more in my rotation now so it was it was great listening to it. i loved uh listening to all the albums including lost at sea uh, <laughs> but uh thanks again uh, i really look forward to hearing um their new album when it comes out can't wait to hear you guys talk about it and that's about it thanks robert Thanks, Robert. Uh, yeah, I'm also very much looking forward to that new Craig's brother, uh, even though Ted Bond says that we're going to hate it because <laughs> it's just nothing but reverb and tremolo. Um, hey, new Craig's brother single coming very soon. Yes. Yeah. The end of this month, I believe. Yep. October 28th. Keep your eyes peeled. Yes. I am super ready for that. And you're right. It was a delight discovering them, it rediscovering was. them. And 
hearing some of these albums uh, like the insidious lie which i had not listened to before and i am super pumped about being able to see some of those songs live now absolutely we got brock what's up mag pod this is brock in salem oregon uh i've i'm late to the party on this one but super into all of your coverage of five iron frenzy Ooh, yeah super into five iron frenzy actually and uh <laughs> been uh, digging up you, you might say re-exhumating all of uh, my old records and uh kind of finishing and building my vinyl collection uh, i think i've got just about everything they released on vinyl I wish I could have been a Kickstarter backer so I could have got the Pavement Stars uh, EP thing, but apparently no one has gotten those yet because vinyl takes forever to produce in this new world. But one to let you guys know, there was one thing I didn't hear you mention that I thought was fantastic about this record. It's how it starts. The very first track uh, starts with what you might call a blue mix. Uh, Everything's just a little bit quiet. And the first time I listened to the first track on uh, Until This Shakes Apart, uh, I remember listening to it. I was like, oh, that's kind of quiet and turning it up. And then when the drums come in and the full song enters, yeah. like it, it's just a little bit louder. I thought that was a genius move. So thank you, Jeremy, uh, yeah, for that. <laughs> and uh, definitely, I don't know if anybody else was involved in that decision, but so good, so great. It's one of the signature things on the record. I love what they did with this record. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of... Uh, angry Yelly Reese and, yes. and kind of how they uh, how they balance this all out. So thanks yes. so much for your coverage of that. And uh, uh, hey, Magpod for life. Yeah, thanks, Brock. Thanks, Brock. Thank you for uh, reminding everybody that they should go back in and check out some of those old Five Iron uh, episodes if they haven't. And you know, I I do do want to shout out uh, obviously Jer Jeremy <laughs> and and his work on. Until the shakes yes. apart, but we also we need to emphasize how much Scott, Scott did. our boy, and so that decision that you're talking about, Brock, that at the beginning, that was probably I can almost unequivocally say that that was yep. a Scott decision. Right. Um, Jeremy mainly just on uh, vocal production, yeah, this go around. Yeah. Um, yes, agree with all that. Wonderful record. Brock also coming in, yes. For the coming EP. in for the yeah for the EP. Yeah. Uh, Brock coming in for the first time, but with some deep cuts there. I like it. It's what we like to see. Yes. Gotta love, gotta love those uh you know those deep cut jokes and yeah mm. yeah the you know when every every once in a while when when someone reminds me of a joke or a bit that we did I'm like <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah oh, yeah we're 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 hilarious <laughs> we're pretty good. <laughs> Uh, we got we got our girl, Dr. Chad. It's been a while. Hey, guys. This is Dr. Chad. Um, I am leaving this message from my car. Well, my car is not a giant piece of shit, so you can actually probably hear me. So wow. Good. Um, I wanted to talk about the Scandinavian swimmers versus Sour Patch controversy. Uh-huh. And the reason I like the Scandinavian swimmers more is because they're just more sour than the Sour mm. Patch kids. Mm. And they're softer. Like, yeah, see. I don't know if maybe the Sour Patch Kids just are more stale or something, or if they're just made to be tougher, but I feel like the Scandinavian swimmers, which also sounds like semen, let's be honest, they really correct <laughs> The Scandinavian swimmers are just a lot chewier, I guess. So that's why I like them. But I think we should definitely do 
just like a sour candy bracket only. Um, because like chocolate is good at everything, but mixing chocolate with gummies and sours, it's too complicated. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's all I have to say. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, 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 we know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. Yeah. Okay. So Thanks, here... Jen. We love you, Dr. Chad slash Jen. Um, so that's one of the reasons I like Sour Patch Kids. I like them firmer. You know, these these Warheads gummies are very good, but they are of that softer yeah. gummy consistency. Yeah. And I I love that the rigidity of a sour patch kid and mm. them them being less sour than the sour than than the scandinavian swimmers i i don't know we might need to do we might have to uh, yeah like, we we need to go out and we need to buy these and do a back-to-back because yeah i don't know this, if I, this sounds like hmm. fake news yeah that's not my that's, that's not, not my, my memory of it although i might just like the taste of sour patch kids better um I think I may have brought this up on the pod before, but, you know, I worked in a movie theater all through high school and like I sort of acquired a taste for slightly stale candy because <laughs> we'd have like Sour Patch Kids or my beloved Good and Plenty, which you were disparaging. Um, that might sit on the shelf for a while, but that like shitty more like it. <laughs> boo, um, bad and plenty. That's what you should have said. Um, yeah, that's a better joke. <laughs> but I... I like the firmness of the Sour Patch Kids. And yes. I, if I get a good and plenty today and it's too soft, I'm like, nope, you got to let that sit for about a month and then maybe it'll be better. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We got to get moving on this bracket. We'll, we'll do some work here. Um, yes. Also, Scandinavian swimmers, is that, uh, is that what you call your boys? <laughs> well, uh, we will. Uh, we'll, I, I do want to get to my Scandinavian swimmers here in a moment. Okay. But um, I, we, we have actually we have another we have another voicemail from Brock. Ooh. Hey there, this is Brock in Salem, Oregon. Just wanted to let you know I was listening to your Goaty Hook episode about Banana Man, and man, that was a beautiful album when I was in high school as mm. well. I got it for yes. five dollars from the Tooth and Nail uh, vinyl closeout sale, and I think it might be worth more than that now. Whoa, really? Oh, mm. disaster yep. that I did not know that was a thing. More than five dollars, yes. Oh gosh, yes. It's impossible to get a hold of. Uh, about the box, my guess, and I'm not sure. I haven't finished the episode, but I wanted to call and offer my two cents. So maybe you've talked about this already, but I was curious if the box is called so because when you play it on the guitar, yes, uh, yep. those four notes yep. are basically in a square shape or in a rectangle shape. Yep. That's my suspicion. When I was trying to play it in high school, I think I discovered that. And, I don't know if you've heard anything that would confirm or deny that, but I think that may be why it's called the box. So who knows? Magpod for life. We do know Joel yes. Bell himself confirmed this when we yeah. interviewed him that I mean that uh, is specifically why it's called the box. And the they had to re- fill up that album. They they it was included specifically because they the album was too short. And so they just kept adding more versions of the box to make the it was longer the right call um <laughs> i don't know brock's blown through five iron he's now on the goatee hook i assume you know by the time of this he's heard the joel episode maybe he's already caught up um, maybe he's, anyway yeah this was yeah this i don't know this was uh i think this was yesterday so All right. 
Well, <laughs> hang on for that Joel episode. You'll get yes. that answer and more. Yes, exactly. All right, we and now we got our boy Caleb. Hey guys, it's Caleb. I'm just on my way to school on a beautiful rainy day and thought I would call with a couple spooky movie experiences that I had. Ooh, I was inspired yes. listening to Brian's voicemail on that last step. Um, so I've never been a scary movie guy. Not my thing. Absolutely not. But it seems like every time I try to watch one, it's some kind of weird experience. So, for example, um, when I was, gosh, maybe like 12 or so, um, I watched The Sixth Sense with my cousins. And with my cousins is maybe not the right thing to say because we were at their house and it was this tiny tube TV in the other corner of the room. It was, we started the movie at like 11 and they both fell asleep immediately. So I'm this little kid who's never watched a scary movie before in my life hardly. And I'm watching The Sixth Sense essentially by myself in this dark house that is not my own. Um, and I, I have memories of it being a great movie, but it also scared the crap out of me. Um, also, when I was in high school, I remember watching Jaws, which, you know, classic, uh, thought of as a scary movie. And I watched Jaws with this girl who laughed like a maniac at every part that was bloody or supposed to be scary. And so, you know, it was like the experience of watching a comedy movie with somebody. Um, and it was still fun and I, I enjoyed it, but, um, really took a lot of the scare out of it. Um, I also remember watching Donnie Darko in a room with, like, seriously 35 to 40 of my friends my senior year of high school. Um, so it, it's, it's just odd to me. I had never been a scary movie fan, never seen one in the theater, don't ever feel the need. But every time I've seen one, it's been like this kind of weird or fun experience. And I've always had positive memories after the fact. So hmm. I think that just proves that uh, I'm a big scaredy cat and there's nothing wrong with that. So right. this month has been really fun. Keep up the beautiful work. Magpod <laughs> for life. Or Thanks, death. buddy. Yes. Yeah, there we go. I like Thanks, it. Caleb. Um, all three movies I've had very uh, memorable theatrical experiences with. I, uh, I saw The Sixth Sense. It must have been the weekend it came out uh i was 16 were you at the and movie it was, working at the movie theater at that time i was but it wasn't playing at my theater because it was you know riverview's second run movies um so i had to see this thing but this was before anybody knew about the twist so i had no idea going in that there even was a twist um and i loved that movie and still do jaws one of my favorites uh great movie to watch with the crowd as long as there's not somebody laughing at every uh death i guess um saw that at the drive-in in one of my covid driving experiences great time and uh donnie darko i saw in the movie theater too when it came out and i remember like not many people knowing about it the theater was not very full but i was just like that movie was wild and then it sort of became kind of a cult hit later but anyway uh all good choices all fun to see with the crowd seeing donnie darko in the theater Mm -hmm. um what drove you to see that in the theater because like it's such i mean even seeing the movie mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to explain right like, what was it about about hearing about that movie that compelled you to go to go see it because i it's i've seen it once and i'm like i, I don't really know uh it's frank the rabbit man that rabbit costume i had to see what was going on okay um no i don't know i mean it's not really a horror movie it's, it's kind of a motion 
it might have been spark emotion it's kind of a sci-fi comedy sort of dark comedy um i don't know it just seemed like my vibe and i think i was correct about that you know i was like 18 and uh you know a budding cinephile and sure looked like my shit and i think <laughs> i was correct about that but yeah it is a complicated uh time travel space time continuum wormhole type plot to that movie so anyway yeah yep um got them jill halls mm-hmm. um Andrew Barrymore talking about crushes before. Yeah. I have uh, never to this day seen The Sixth Sense. I I think we've talked about this and I do have it on DVD and you can borrow it, but it's really, (laughs) you really need to rectify that. Yeah. One of the reasons I have never seen it was because the ending was spoiled for me almost immediately. Sure. Do you remember who spoiled it for me? Because I probably have talked about this on the <laughs> I pod. think you have. Yes. I don't remember. It was Andy Richter. Right, on, right. On that's Conan. Right. Like, yes. He you like, have said this. Spoiled it on the show. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> not cool, bro. <laughs> not cool, Zeus. Not cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still a good movie, even if you know the twist. It's just yeah. a satisfying story. Um, and still scary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You got to watch it. I will. I'll get I need to get on it. It's been it's been it's been uh way too long. What was it? 99, 98? 99, yeah. 99? Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll we'll get um we'll get we'll get Haley Joel Osmond on the pod. Maybe maybe <laughs> sounds good. Maybe he's a fan of spooky things. Might be. All right. One last voicemail we got. Rounding it out, Danny Stairs. Hello, my boo. <laughs> this is your boy. Daddy's here, calling from beyond the veil. <laughs> Anyhow, dudes, uh, so I just got to the end of this app. Uh, it took me a little longer than normal. I apologize. Um, it's a long one. But I wanted to say, first off, thank you for hitting the three-hour mark. You know, I was <laughs> a long time session. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the album. Um, musically, I got my qualms with it. It was well-executed. It was just all over the place. Um, I understand what they were doing. It's just not my thing. Um, there were songs that I thought were sounded great, um, and songs that probably sounded good if you like that kind of music. It was just all over the place for me. So already musically, kind of just it was already off the table. But then the messages throughout, oof, I they really lost me there. Um, I, I definitely think that Werewolf One was anti-LGBTQ stuff, mm-hmm. and fuck them. Um, I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt solely because of the content of the rest of their stuff. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to read it in a vacuum. I'm going to read it um, in in the context it's presented, and I and I don't think in the context it's presented I can give them a pass on that. Um, and then using sluts and whores, just to yeah. use those words at all in a supposedly Christian song, right. um, just makes me sick. Um, so just it's it's going to be a no all around from me. Um, you know, who'd have thought that Deadlines would be my uh, my preferred uh, over these guys who clearly were much more musically talented? But um, anyhow, that's all. I just want to let you guys know where I'm going on this one. So I uh, can't wait to hear next week's up. Mad Top for Death. <laughs> yes. Danny coming in with some yeah. hot takes and some. This season, he's really accurate, coming in. Accurate yeah. takes, you know. We. Uh, we might need to do a little bit of a full court press to get 
Mm. Autobot. The streets are talking. The streets are talking. Otto might be, you know, he's been bandied about. It's a possible guest. Otto, come on the show. Yeah, we would love um, to have him. You know, because, and there was something that you had told me uh, about uh, about the band from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, about, I guess, some money that they were donating towards um like either like black lives matter causes or or something yeah. well do can you yeah it me? was it was in the middle of all the uprising stuff last summer uh they opened up a shop uh just to sell merch and all the proceeds went to black lives matter um and otto wrote the posts about that himself and and talked about his focus on justice issues and you know reading some of that stuff uh danny's talking about blaster the rocket man by the way in case anybody was confused about who he's talking about um but you know this is a thing we talk about a lot on the pod we review albums that are 20 years old by people who were in their late teens and early 20s often and their takes are frozen in time forever and you know not always but often people evolve and may look back on some of that with um different attitudes today and and, you know who knows where the folks in the band are now um yeah there were some there were some things we called out we weren't totally sure if that's what was being said or not but some things we sort of wrestled with there but uh, um you know there does seem to be a um certainly a, a an awareness of sort of justice issues um and and raising some concerns about things on their on their facebook page so i would love to be able to give uh them an opportunity to you know because because like you said we are looking back on these frozen in time uh albums and you know we we don't want to we 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 have really tried to make it clear that we're speaking about the the lyrics as they were written in that time and not necessarily yeah. assuming that they think the same things right but, right um, because they, we don't know and we haven't talked to them and yeah and i would i would love for that song not to be an anti-lgbt <laughs> song um yeah it, because uh it, it's an awesome song but it's yeah it, it would be a bummer but and if and if it is and they're like oof yeah that was our thought but you know that's you know, wish, wish I could have done something different, you know? Yeah. Um, I would love to hear that, but get him on the pod, get him on the pod, get him on the pod. I was going to say there are, uh, equal rights for werewolves bumper stickers available <laughs> out there in the world too. I found out. So yes. Uh, email, email. You want to sure. We got, we got our, we got our boy, Jared, um, who, <laughs> Uh, he said no no need to try my last name jared is fine i tried and, and butchered it before so we'll just I go think jared. we were we were both trying and we just we just said his last name like eight times we're like so yeah we'll just, we'll just leave it with with jared yeah jared says i can confirm that the deadlines were much better experienced than listened to i seem to remember them not playing very well but it didn't really matter because they brought the spectacle and the crowd loved it cornerstone 98 or maybe 99 involved fire blood knives etc <laughs> way fun that sounds awesome yes uh my impression is that they were in it for the ministry more than the horror the theatrics were just a means to the end of spreading their message they're the same as carmen one bad pig the left behind books and pure flicks creating midi- media of particular styles just to reach a particular audience with a particular message not because they love the art or our art or our part of a particular scene 
bummer yes but how could it not be when starting from that premise uh yeah that 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 tracks that uh, very much tracks you mentioned wanting to see more live shows like the deadlines in the christian scene and that reminded me of a band called ss bounty hunter their live show centered on a guy whose main purpose was to intimidate the audience by pointing at people, swinging nunchucks, <laughs> and cutting things with a sword. <laughs> there was also another guy who would come out with a gun and a walkie-talkie, pretend to get a message, then whisper in the first guy's ear. Then they would both point to someone in the crowd. <laughs> and later they grabbed what must have been a plant from the audience and taped the guy to a chair, Reservoir Dog style, cut him up, baked blood and all, and dragged him off stage. Then at the apex of the show, they dragged a body-shaped mass warped in garbage bags out on stage and chucked wrapped it into in, the crowd. Wrapping. Oh, wrapped in, wrapped in garbage bags and chucked it into the crowd. All this while the band played surf rock. Pretty entertaining. <laughs> that is not the kind of music I would have assumed. No, I, that, I can't believe that this existed in the Christian world. I feel like I saw somebody else mention SS Bounty Hunter like on the Blaster page. So that they're Jay. So we got to look, look them up. This sounds fascinating. I need to learn more. Uh, Jared closes by saying, also, as much as you've talked about compilations being your entry point to several of the bands, maybe you should do a season of compilation albums. Cheapskates, Artcore, I'm your biggest fan, Pop Goes Punk, and of course, Penalty Box. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. We've, we've talked about covering some of those on the Patreon. Um, we've done sort of compilation albums there before, but uh, I like that idea. Yeah, we'll, that those we'll kick those... some things around. Yeah, the songs from the Penalty Box and Cheapskates, you know, those were some pretty seminal uh albums or comps for me back in the day yeah um this ss bounty hunter Hunter, that sounds wild we needed to see if we we can find yes videos of that but also um you know if you're in a if you're a band like the deadlines and somebody's like they're the pure flicks of of christian (laughs) horror you're just like yeah woof that's tough that is tough one tough look for our dudes in the deadlines yeah um thanks everybody for for your emails your voicemails we appreciate it um john i wanted to just talk briefly about something uh, that i experienced today and Mm -hmm. you know this is something that we we've talked a lot about on our pod uh issues related to women and bodily autonomy and this mm-hmm. is something that is discussed very very frequently in the discord you know we have um you know we have a handful of um you know female patreon punks that you know we we talk about these issues and one of the things that i'm committed to is anytime i'm faced with something in this area uh, of an issue related to women and women's bodily autonomy, I, I feel like I just, I need to actively speak up. So, mm-hmm. um, because this, so today I, I went to the urologist because I am planning and I'm scheduled today. I scheduled my vasectomy and mm-hmm. I, you know, it was very easy, already easy enough for me to schedule it. All I did was talk to my doctor and Mm -hmm. he referred me and then I called and I scheduled this consultation. And in talking to any number of women um, about issues related to, you know, choices about their reproductive health and not even talking about 
not even talking about abortion, but just uh, whether or not they, what they, if they want to make a more permanent choice for their reproductive health. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I schedule this, a con- this consultation and within five minutes of the doctor coming in to talk about this, um, we, he gave me the spiel. We, we just chatted about, you know, a couple things and, and then he was out and then I was back at the front desk scheduling the day to go in. Mm-hmm. which is next month. And, you know, there was no like, well, are you sure you don't want to have kids? Or mm-hmm. uh, what if you change your mind? Or maybe you haven't met the right person? Or, yeah. you know, here's a picture of a kid you might have. Or something. Yeah, like there's there like all, so many of these stories that I've heard. And like, there was none of that. And it took no time there was no questioning my motives uh, and it just, and you know, I just feel like that's, there's so much, I mean, obviously there's also significant racism within the, within healthcare. Right. There's, there's, and you combine that too with the sexism that's, that exists within, within healthcare. It's just like, it's, it's so easy to just like be a dude and just yep. get your and you don't they don't question they don't question right. your motives they don't question whether or not you're in pain uh you know there's there's more of a push now to allow um to get um especially uh young women to have their period cramps be a legitimate reason for um missing school or even like mm-hmm. older, older women missing uh, days of work because yeah. it, because women's pain uh, is just dismissed in, in so many ways. And I, I just, so at the same time that I was like grateful that I'm not having to jump through hoops, I left the office still feeling annoyed <laughs> right. and like, cause I'm like, this is not, this is so shitty. Like this, yeah. This it should be it should be this easy for everybody yeah. to just right. be able to make their own choice about their bodies and yep. whether or not they want to have kids. So yep. that's all I'll say on that. I just felt like I wanted to since it was so fresh today. I I wanted to I wanted to share that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you did. Thank you for doing it. Uh, now I feel a little bad about calling them your Scandinavian swimmers. <laughs> But that's okay. It allowed you an on ramp to return to the story. They will not. They will not be swimming much longer. No, Scandinavian. I'm gonna be. They'll be. They'll be sleeping with sleepers. Sleeping with the fishes of. I don't sure. know. <laughs> I don't um, know. Yes. Anyway, appreciate you sharing that. Yes. Um, and there's no artful way uh, for me to definitely not. <laughs> turn from that serious discussion uh so i'll just say instead of having a serious discussion would you like to play a game oh yes daddy (laughs) oh yes daddy (laughs) um thanks caillou i am going to share my screen all right andrew this week i got a game for you called ah real monsters question mark how well do you know local monster legends? Mm, oh, shit. 
<laughs> this might be a tough one, <laughs> but I wanted to touch on local monster legends because they're so much fun. Uh, also, you know, I came through with that Halloween soundboard. Uh, Ooh, yes. <laughs> this is a little bit better than last time. So if you get something wrong. <laughs> okay. You get something right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do my best at those noises. All right. Now, starting with an area we know well, yes. Lake Pepin on the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin mm. is the largest lake on the, Minis- on the Mississippi River. It's also allegedly home to which lake monster? A, Minnie, B, Missy, C, the Lake Ness Monster, or D, Peppy? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I should pay more attention when I visited Lake Monster Brewing. Oh yeah. Because I, I don't know if I don't know if that's where they get the name from. Might be. Lake Monster, a delicious yes. uh, brewery in the Twin Cities. Um I am not familiar. You're asking uh, how well I know <laughs> this and I do not at all. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a blind guess. Okay. Um Let's see. So there is a variation on, you know, uh, the the Nessie sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Loch Ness monster. So the Lake Ness monster is very clever. Um, I I gotta go. I'm gonna go. So are they naming it? Are they naming the monster after the lake or are they naming Mm. it after the state or the river? There's just so many things. So, okay. If if they're naming it after the Loch Ness monster, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Peppy. D, final answer. You're going, Lake Pepin is home to the monster Peppy. Yep. <laughs> yes. You are correct. Hell yeah. Peppy. Sightings of Peppy date back to prehistoric mound builder era. You can really? find, yes, uh, long ago, legends of seeing a lake monster back when... Um, hmm. The people who would build those mounds, which you can still see throughout the Twin Cities, uh, were doing their thing. Uh, however, in more recent years, Minnesotan businessman Larry Nielsen offered a $50,000 reward to anyone who could produce proof of his existence. Uh, that was revealed to be more of a, uh, you know, effort to get some tourism <laughs> to the area. And uh, nobody has since produced any proof, but hey, there's still time. Um, all right, moving on from Peppy. To the Mothman. Mm. The legendary Mothman creature has been seen around the country and the world, but is most famously tied to which location? Is it A, Thunder Bay, Ontario? B, Carbondale, Illinois? C, Point Pleasant, West Virginia? Or D, Deming, New Mexico? Um, so I'm trying to remember which actress I saw 
give an interview talking about the Mothman. Mm. And I am almost 100% confident that this is Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And they have big old festivals every year. Um, this actress might have been from from there, so I'm gonna have to see if I can look that up later. Remember who it was, but I'm going to say C Point Pleasant, West Virginia. All right, Mothman in Point Pleasant. What do we hear? <laughs> yes, we're correct. Two for two. Yes. I want to know who that actress is too because. I'm kind of obsessed with Mothman. I have long wanted to visit the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant and go to the Mothman Festival they have out there. Yes. Uh, I had been obsessed, and then he started showing up in Chicago uh, a few years ago. There were some Mothman sightings. Mm. Never saw the guy. Um, But yes, in late 1966, many residents of Point Pleasant began reporting sightings of a large gray creature with 10-foot wings whose eyes glowed red. Following the December 15, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge and the death of 46 people it caused, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. Um, there's kind of this idea that perhaps the Mothman shows up at places where there are tragedies and sort of not necessarily, maybe tries to warn people, but more is just like a sign that something's going to happen there. Yep, I found um, out who it was. Hit it me. Was, it was Jennifer Garner. Because she's, right. she's from West Virginia. Okay, cool. Yep. I like Jennifer Garner. Yeah. And I like the Mothman. So get her on the pod. Yep. Um, all right. Number three. You're doing yes. well. The Jersey Devil mm. has been said to inhabit the Pine Barrens of South Jersey for nearly 300 years and is said to have the features of several different animals. Ooh. Which animal isn't one of them? Is it A, a bat? B, a goat? C, a snake? Or D, a kangaroo. Okay. You know, (laughs) this is, this is, feels a little tricky. (laughs) Because we're talking, we're talking about Jersey. Mm -hmm. And then you're throwing kangaroo in there. Mm. Not kangaroos, not native. No. To jersey sure um which i'm assuming is if we're to, are, if we're talking south jersey are we talking new jersey yes okay because i don't know if there's a part of australia <laughs> no sorry this is south yeah, jersey J- I, I can't even do it the worst the worst australian <laughs> the worst australian accent in the game terrible <laughs> and i guarantee mickey is going to give me shit for that uh awful oh they um, did crocky did one of our roos make its way to the pine barrens <laughs> all the way in new jersey uh fucking sucks. yeah that new, that is that the r is hot jersey yeah. new jersey yeah jersey this sucks yeah it's it's tough <laughs> um okay so this could be one of those questions where it's like oh the the jersey devil inhabited the kangaroo at the zoo and that's why it is it's in there. Uh, you may be overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm going to, I'm going to say kangaroo D because uh, it's the least spooky of the animals. Kangaroo, huh? 
You asshole. You... I may have you, thrown you off there. You, by saying. you threw me off. <laughs> Wasn't trying to say, um, you know, it's not kangaroo. That's too crazy. I was just saying, like, I didn't give any thought to the fact that it does apparently have the body of a kangaroo. I wasn't like, how did it get there? I think it just looks similar to one. Mm. Um, but yes, the Jersey Devil features supposedly the wings of a bat, the head and hooves of a goat, the body of a kangaroo, and a forked tail. So probably it's more just like that body looks like a kangaroo body. Um, but Take it up with the people of Australia. I don't know. Or New Jersey, I guess. Oh, you know what? I think I misunderstood the question. Mm. But you're All looking right. at the words. Yeah, I think I I think I was I think I was thinking of that it it was it, the the it inhabited it like it would inhabit Oh I'm creatures. sorry. No no no. No, you know what? That's fine. It was it was my misinterpretation of the question. So you want a half fine. point? I'll give you a half point. Nope, I we do not do half <laughs> points on on that. Um, yeah, it's it's an animal that looks like a bunch of different animals. So I could have worded it uh, badly. It also has a forked tail. Um, so it's trying to throw you off a little there with the snake. Anyway, Jersey Devil. Hope you're doing well. Um, all right, the Pope Lick Monster is reported to live beneath a railroad trestle bridge over Pope Lick Creek in Louisville, Kentucky. Legend has it the monster is either a human-goat hybrid or a circus performer who spent its life in torment and now seeks revenge. Which of these is not one of the methods it employs to claim its victims? A. Singing a siren song. B. Attacking with a blood-stained axe. C. Hypnosis. Or D voice mimicry the public monster uses three out of these four okay allegedly um let's see a human goat hybrid <laughs> um or a circus performer who spent its life in torment mm-hmm. and seeks revenge um so I'm thinking with this sort of circus performer uh, aesthetic that people might think it is. I I mean, things like hypnosis or voice mimicry seem very circus act. Hmm. And um, I don't know. Attacking with a blood-stained axe feels feels out of step out of step with the uh, the public monster i feel hmm. like if you're a monster you're not so much one to wield weapons and i, I feel like it's it's the one that stands out as is fairly unique among um among all of these so i'm gonna say uh the pope lick monster did not attack with a blood saint axe hmm. service says Dang it. Fortunately, that is supposedly one of the ways the public monster will get you. Now, perhaps there's two schools of thought on what the public monster's deal is. One is more maniacal and one is more uh, of a slow burn, dry in <laughs> sort of murder sure. <laughs> avenue. Um, but yes, singing a siren song, not one of the things it does. 
but I did think that that sounded similar to what it supposedly does, which is a terrifying idea of hypnotizing people who are walking across the bridge and making them either fall to their deaths or come down to the, the, the monster and get eaten or whatever. Voice mimicry, the idea that they would be doing somebody else's voice and you'd go follow it and then you'd get yeah. Popelik monstered. Uh, but yeah, apparently he's also out there with an axe sometimes, so who knows. Um, that is a... Uh a terrifying monster with a uh, a stupid monster name <laughs> yes uh will and joe from common creatives let us know if you've ever mixed it up with the public monster down there in louisville um all right have you ever looked to pope <laughs> you're two for four which is pretty good uh at least compared to some of my recent performances closing it out with number five classic local monster legend the windigo uh a windigo is a supernatural being belonging to the traditions of Algonquin-speaking First Nations people in North America. Wendigos are usually described as humans who then turn into powerful monsters with superhuman abilities and who have a desire to kill and eat their victims. According to legend, which one of these is not one of the ways that people turn into Wendigos? A, being corrupted by greed. B, being weakened by extreme conditions such as hunger and cold. C, dancing too hard for too long. Or D, engaging in cannibalism. Being corrupted by greed does sound like a something that would be detested by First Nations peoples. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me feels true. Feels like it could be true. Um, I mean. Dancing too hard for too long. I mean, that, I don't know. Is this like a footloose situation? Like, <laughs> yeah. At the end of that movie, they all turned into Wendigos. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Bacon is like, you know, it just yeah. That everybody's everybody's turning into monsters. That would have been a cooler reason for them to not have dancing <laughs> in that town. <laughs> yeah, just like you can, you're gonna turn into a monster, bro. <laughs> Gotta listen to our listen to our dudes in the uh, in the Algonquins. That's right. Um, you know, I want to believe that dancing too hard and, and for too long is is real. So I'm gonna say, um, engaging in cannibalism is not uh, one of the ways you turn into a Wendigo. All right. Thoughts answered. Results? <laughs> Is that a phrase? Damn it! All right, man. Should have listened to your gut. I made up dancing too hard for too long. Damn it! That sounds cool, though. I wanted Maybe it just to like... be so. T- I just wanted it to be right. I just wanted it to be true. I like the idea that if you dance too much, you might turn into a monster, which does sound like something people might, you know, warn youth about or something. Yes, this is what um, I was thinking. That's like right, right. Stay away, stay away from those, those dance halls. Like, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, apparently, look out. If you get too greedy, you're stuck out there in the cold, you start eating humans, you might just be a Wendigo. (laughs) If you climb a mountain and get caught up there in extreme cold and you have to eat one of your friends, you might be a Wendigo. If you blasted a rocket into space while people were dying from COVID-19, you might be a Wendigo. Look out, Jeff Bezos. Um, you danced for too long. 
Yeah, too hot. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's the local monster game. Yes, uh, good game. Two for five, pretty good. That seems to be our, our record lately. We're doing two for fives a lot. Yeah, yeah. Tricky questions. Anyway, I had fun <laughs> researching <laughs> local monsters. No, that's, I, you know, I, I need to look. I need you. I'm gonna go do my own research. Ooh. I'm gonna go to Lake Monster. <laughs> All right, do it. And do my research over some beers at Lake right. Monster. It's the best kind of way to do some research. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, you know what else? Is spooky. Mm. This week's featured band. That's true. Grave robber. Mm. Should we get into some of that? Uh, I think we absolutely should before we we flatline over here. <laughs> um, when we come back, we will be talking 2011 album by Grave Robber. You're all gonna die. Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm a composer and a musician. That's why we call you the maestro, and I'm Will. I'm a literal doctor. But don't trust this guy with your ailments. No, I study comic books, but it still counts. We're a couple of creative kids who host the podcast called Common Creatives. We dig deep into filmmakers, musicians, books, and characters, really all types of artistic works and the people who make them. We break apart the art we love to see what makes it tick. Basically, we give you the definitive take on whatever or whoever we're discussing. All opinions are definitive and final. So check out Common Creatives wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back talking grave robber talking you're all gonna die it is time <laughs> to discuss grave robber that sounds Listen decent up, <laughs> mad pod nation he kind of sounds like danny stairs calling in um because not everything is as it seems i'm so into it man uh i was just telling you off mic like We'd been we'd been waiting to share our takes with each other, but boy, I'm into these guys. Um, Grave Robber formed in Fort Wayne, Indiana, in 2005, and we should say three of the four bands we're covering this month are from Indiana, uh, which is weird. It's 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 funny after almost never covering the Midwest throughout this podcast right. until in this little month long mini series, Indiana, spooky place. It would be interesting to see like sociological study on why horror christian horror punk thrives in indiana um, did you ever watch that show eerie indiana hey yeah there you go maybe something's going on in indiana maybe something there's more um, than corn in indiana that's what they say as a an immediate neighbor i think of it as a capital boring capital p boring place um i said that weird but you know what i'm saying <laughs> um so maybe they're so bored that they're coming up with cool stuff or maybe there's more going on in indiana than i know about um Anyway, I know the answer to when did you first hear of Grave Robber because it's this season for both of us, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it was it was when we were coming up. We when we came up with this this concept of Magnifite Pod, right? We were looking into these different bands, and yeah, uh, it was it was then. Yeah, both Blaster and Deadlines had been bands that people had suggested for a while. I'd never heard of Grave Robber until I had started doing doing my own research on uh, Christian horror punk bands, and they came up a fair amount, and they're still active today. I mean, more yeah. recent than a lot of the bands that we've covered, after all, not forming until 2005. But um, music out as recent as 2019, it would seem. Yeah, yeah, still definitely active. And am I going to go see them the next time I can? 100%. <laughs> um, 
They have had uh, only two members that have stayed constant throughout their lineup changes. Sean Browning, a.k.a. Wretched, on vocals, and Craig White's, a.k.a. Carcass, on bass and background vocals. Uh, they all wear skull masks with yes, wigs <laughs> of long, stringy white hair and skeleton hands on stage. Uh, they look pretty cool. Wretched has a spooky voice he uses, as we alluded to. Um, They have this theology and kind of stage mythos of referring to God as the reanimator, which I think is kind of (laughs) cool. Like, this is is something we'll have to get into this episode because we're sort of three for three of these horror bands that sort of use horror imagery and milieu as like a means to which to tell these like fairly evangelical right stories and i think they fit into that mold but for some reason the way that they do it doesn't offend me in some of the ways that we've talked about with the last two bands uh even if i think blaster is more interesting and accomplished um i just think the sort of lane that grave robber is in is like I don't know. And maybe it's too, you know, Blaster is complex. They're doing a lot of things. There's lots to unpack. Maybe there's not quite as much to unpack here. And that's also why it doesn't really bother me as much. They're just sort of like spooky metal dudes using <laughs> that as a way to talk about uh, theology. And sometimes there's stuff that I sort of bump on, which we'll get into. But I'd say yeah. for the most part, like, I don't know. I think the reanimator thing is cool. They talk about themselves as being like reanimated dead people, um, which, you know, is kind of more in that each band has sort of talked about the dead to sin and alive in Christ idea. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part, this, this stuff works for me in the context of this band. Um, they signed to retroactive records uh, for their first record, which was an Iowa based uh, album or album label intended to reissue classic Christian metal and then grew into a label that signed and released records by new artists, uh, Living Sacrifice being one of them, uh, Savior Machine, we talked about, Shadow Producer Jason being into uh, one of the reissues. Um, and then they released their first album, Be Afraid, on Retroactive in 2008. Uh, Inner Sanctum, their second album on Retroactive in 2009. And then Sean, aka Wretched, founded the Christian metal and punk label Rottweiler Records in 2010. Uh, home to bands like Less Control, <laughs> who we've talked yes. about on the pod in the past. Um, they released the album Exhumed in 2010, which was like a comp of uh, recorded older songs and demos. And You're All Gonna Die, tracked them about today in 2011. And then uh, Escaping the Grave in 2018, all on Rottweiler. They also released Dry Bones in 2019, uh, which is an acoustic EP uh, in addition to bands covering their songs, uh, doing the rest of the album. So, yep. I don't know. Uh, that's uh, can we talk about the album cover? <laughs> yes, we can for, for a bit. It is pretty gruesome. Yeah, for a Christian. Definitely. I mean, I mean, Grave Robber itself is a an awesome band <laughs> yeah. name. Uh, but... He carries a sho- he drags a shovel onto the stage at the beginning of their shows, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he, uh, he there there was a I think it was a 2008 Cornerstone I think it was 2008 Cornerstone live video mm-hmm. that that you had shared with me. There's like I don't know who it is in the band that's like going around in the audience like in the skull mask and uh-huh. there's like this 
guy that has like a kid on his shoulders and like the guy comes up like and puts his hand like over the kid's head or whatever and it looks like it definitely looks like the kid starts crying yeah that sounds uh, right the kid looks pretty upset but anyway this cover art has a uh, a skull person like like it's it's sort of hard to so it's like a human body with a skull head yeah um that is bloody skull head a bloody skull well everything's bloody and they're like <laughs> chained to something but like mm-hmm. the chain is like going through their abdomen and like chains yeah. are like connected to their shoulders and like mm-hmm. their hands are bound you know it's like really gruesome yeah and then like the cd itself is yeah. like splattered with blood and says you're all gonna die yeah. Um, and like the back of the CD, it's like, uh, like board, a wooded like board floor or something. There's like blood splattered all over it. Yeah. Uh, You're all gonna die is carved in blood on the dude's uh, chest and torso. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like it's pretty aggressive. So it's intense. Like, if you saw this, you'd think it was Cannibal Corpse or whatever. Like it's very much right. in the you know secular metal uh, aesthetic. Yes. Um, and might turn a lot of people off. And maybe that's kind of why I like them is I feel like even though I like the sound of the deadlines, um, we were kind of wondering like how much of this is sort of manipulative? How much did they like, you know, work backwards from like, were they a spooky band who just wanted to say, uh, we're Christian or were they like, you know, let's, let's use our ministry as uh, Jared was saying email to like, you know, tell these spooky stories through. I don't know. To me, Grave Robber just seems like these are dudes who are into like metal and into like metal imagery and horror punk and horror metal imagery and are just like fans of that stuff and have used their work, you know, the interests that they have in that world. It feels sort of more um, authentic to me. Um, yes. I don't know. So, I, I mean, I think like the two other bands we've covered so far on Magnified Pod, there's definite explicit Christian bent to the lyrics. Um, you know, they even talked about like communion being eating flesh and blood. And like I said, they talk about being reanimated corpses. God is the reanimator. There's very much like um, that creepy built in sort of zombie imagery to what they're doing. Um, but again, I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much here for the most part. Maybe it's a little less judgy to me uh, than some of the last two when I bumped on some of the content there. Uh, again, more just kind of playing in the dark world of like, you know, spiritual warfare and some of these things that they're right. they're into. Um, but there is there is stuff to discuss. Um, yeah, it's it's less. Um, I don't know. It's less specific things like uh, sluts and whores and, and right. You know, I mean, there is a little bit of that. Yes, there is. <laughs> but you know, not not as in your face as as that and i think mostly it's just you like you're saying it's that's it's their theology that is the driving thing here and and it's not it doesn't get into the weeds as much as as blaster does yeah shaping an entire album around a a particular series and and right you know and while I do think musically uh, that Blaster record is 
a significant accomplishment more so than this um i do think that there is less <laughs> on this record to be like like you know yeah. I'm not i'm not even even if i'm like uh eh, okay whatever like even if I, the theology itself is just like all right yeah. okay i see what you're saying i get it you know right. but yeah yeah there's not i, I there's... can i can still like i can still you know shred to some of these songs yes ignore it while at the same time you know it's like uh, is this song about <laughs> werewolves being gay and how it's a bad thing like you know yeah. it's just like i have a even though that song rules it's just i, I still like you saying you bump right. up against it and you're just like ah what do i yeah. do although i will say this album is three for three for using werewolves as a metaphor for sin which like yeah i know i just want to get it. back just to stop. just stop it werewolves werewolves let's not let's let's make make werewolves great again <laughs> okay there may be bumper stickers that say equal rights for werewolves but we might have to make like blue like full moon colored hats that say make werewolves great again <laughs> um yes we're, when we start our band all the werewolf metaphors are going to be how about the other cool dudes um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I the blaster episode was three hours for a reason. There's there's so much to discuss and unpack. Right. There's not as much to sort of parse here. It just sort of you know you're in the world, and I'm into it. And I will say just like again, we're we're making comparisons to these bands that are like fairly different from each other. But again, just for a little series here, um, you know, if the deadlines are maybe like doing a vibe that I'm into, but maybe not the most accomplished. If Blaster, I felt sort of overwhelmed by, that's kind of the word I use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So many different styles, so much to unpack, but obviously like, great. I mean, one of my favorite bands we've covered. Of the three, Grave Robber's kind of the most just in my lane. Like I don't have, there's no songs that I really dislike here. It's all just kind of like, I'm into this. Um, and, you know, it might not have the same impact as maybe some of the other stuff we've talked about. But for me, it's just like, I, I got no problems with this with this world that they built here. So, um you're all gonna die released november 7 2011 on rottweiler the lineup here is wretched and carcass plus plague on drums and background vocals <laughs> lamentor on guitar and background vocals and grim on guitar and background vocals uh co-produced by sean and wretched and produced and mastered by tim bushong who also was an engineer on the band on othello mm. <laughs> one of their records a friend of yeah. ours is in that band oh, yeah. Shout out Danny. Um, he had also uh, hashtag the too many Dannys. <laughs> too many Dannys. Um, Tim Bushong had also been the bass player in the band uh, Mainline Riders, um, and I think it sounds great. I feel like this record packs a big punch sonically. Um, sounds really cool. Can we and... can we just talk for a second? Because uh, you're 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 <laughs> you're talking about who plays what, uh -huh. and uh, so. On the CD, they they when they talk about like vocals, it says vocals, v o k i l l. Yeah, man, that's such it, a good little metal detail. Yeah. But also, uh, wretched is the vocalist, but it says vocals, comma shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Oh, and man. and plague, who is the drummer? Uh, it's called doom tubs 
<laughs> Man, I want to play the shovel and some Doom Tubs. <laughs> they're just they're just fully committing to all of it. I love it. I love I love when a band is just like this is our thing and we this are not <laughs> straying from it one ounce. We're never not going to be wearing these skull masks. Yeah, I just I like it. Um. Uh. Yeah. I, I I really like this record. The sound is very much my speed. I like his vocals. There's so many whoa 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 chants throughout, which is just <laughs> so many. <laughs> Elaine, I'm always here for it. Just it works for me. It's one of those things for me that's just like, oh, I've heard this a bunch on this album, but every time it sounds so nice. Uh, <laughs> so, should we get into this album? <laughs> we absolutely should. With the opening uh, track that is very atmospheric, Flatliners. Yes. Not a not a song, but some nice vibes for you. It just puts you in the mood. Yeah. Ready to play those haunted tubs. What was it called? Doom tubs. <laughs> doom tubs. Hashtag doom tubs. Hashtag get your shovel. <laughs> I aspire to be in a band where it can be something comma shovel one day. Dude, our own our own horror yeah. punk band. I'm gonna just what was totally... what is What's our what's our band name again? The Unbelieving Vegans. <laughs> Unbelieving Vegans. That's that's the the leader so far. Yeah, I guess I could steal the shovel bit from these guys. All right, so we're flatlining. We're dead, Andrew. We're dead to sin. All right. Now, let's... will we be reborn? Let's um, find out. I mean, you might be reborn, John, but first, you're all gonna die. <laughs> This is also my number three. Okay, cool. Uh, man, I love that drum opening, just like, like leading into it immediately, just like sets the energy so high immediately. Uh, the guitar tone also yeah, sounds, sounds great. It just it, it sounds really cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> his his switching from his different <laughs> vocal styles to like I love it. No big mobile. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> this is great because he does a very Danzigy Misfits vocal style. It's kind of that croony belting voice, which I love. But I also very here for the fact that he switches into this creepy voice like occasionally. It's, it's very black metal. He goes yes, from yes. from Misfits to black metal. Yeah. Every once in a while, and you're just like, what are you? What is this? <laughs> 
I like it, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I think the the guitar part is cool throughout. We should say uh, the music by Lamentor on this one. Most of the songs, uh, music and lyrics by Wretched, but Lamentor coming in here with that guitar sound. Um, yeah, just the, the drums, the red net cymbal the whole time. I just think the song is great. Uh, also yeah. very into the bridge. Could we hear some of uh, 141, some creepy organs and toms? I just man, I love this. That is sound. more the more effective use of Oregon, Oregon on yeah on both this record and the Blaster record. Yeah, I love that all three have featured Oregon though, as you must if you're yes. a horror, horror punk band. Yeah. Uh, I just love that mode. I think it sounds so great. Um, Lyrically, uh, mm-hmm. this is very. This is a hell song without saying it's a hell song. This right. is the basically saying you know it's not over when you die you you might think it's over you know but you're not there's this is uh you're not going to valhalla you're not going to some (laughs) other you're not going to be eaten by the worms right Uh, you are uh there's so it doesn't say it though right it doesn't say yeah but uh it's you know there that's basically it says, uh, "No empty corpse, no last breath. You, uh, you just don't cease in death." So there's, there's, there's something being like, there's something after this, um, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't go all the way. The train doesn't go all the way to Bummerville for me. Yes. So I it, think it stops. It stops just short of it. <laughs> Bummerville, straight ahead. Um, <laughs> oh, but hang on, without getting out there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, similar to other bands that we've covered in that it initially sounds like one thing on the surface and it's kind of revealed to be another thing or have a deeper layer. But I also like that it just kind of is what it is. You know, it's more straightforward. Uh, we're all going to die. <laughs> like yes. That sounds like a metal threatening album. And it's also a fact that's presented here, but it's sort of framed as this positive thing in the sense that you know, for them, they have the belief that that's not the end of things. Right. And if you're looking at it as a as a sort of, positive um the idea that you're all gonna die is sort of this like anthemic thing that we can <laughs> like you know shout along to together is kind of a cool thing so i don't know i you know it sounds metally and creepy and evil and then there's something under it but as you're saying it's not <laughs> maybe it's just because we're used to a lot of sort of evangelical bands <laughs> but it would be easy for them to be like and the sinners will go to hell and yeah. you know everybody who's turned away from god they just like they don't need to do that they just no. kind of leave it uh like how we said that they frame things so yeah anyway yeah the the at the end where the, there's just like lots of repetition of you're all gonna die, die <laughs> yes die, love it die. i love it into it there's a lot of repetition on this record <laughs> and i don't mind it yes um paranormal activity Daylight. 
Paranormal Activity. so fun this yeah this is this is like a spiritual warfare you sort of mentioned at the top of the top of yeah. the segment this is that they that's kind of one of their things and this is again uh, it's so easy if you don't aren't paying attention to the lyrics right. <laughs> yeah you know you if you just picked up the album and on just based on the the album title and the names right. of the songs and you weren't paying attention you wouldn't know really know any any different right but yeah this 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 idea that like powers and principalities are mm-hmm. working in the shadows to try and <laughs> into some sort of nefarious thing to uh yeah. pull pull you into hell essentially right um, yeah and that's that's the paranormal part it's it's the right. these demons that are right. trying to get you trying to get you yeah T- there's a lot of talk about ghosts and hauntings and paranormal activity and maybe that's yeah. all just the holy spirit and <laughs> demons and stuff like that but yes. uh, i don't know again it, it just kind of like metal lyrics and imagery living in that world but not in a way that bums me out so yeah. i don't mind a sort of spooky framing of theological songs uh if you want to call uh you know if you want to call this paranormal activity i think that's kind of cool um <laughs> I should say the whoa. opening <laughs> oh my gosh those whoa oh's i love them uh opening clip there is boris karloff of the movie black sabbath which is great some good little horror clips throughout um but yeah the song just goes hard it keeps the energy high um love the sort of yeah the pace throughout there's a cool sort of slowed down bridge and then it goes right back up into high energy um i don't know super fun one yeah it's these are these are not the last woes that we're gonna <laughs> no, hear no. on this record. No. And yeah, it's 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 one of the things that about this band that I think would be fun Ugh, live. Live, seeing, yes. Seeing, seeing people who would be really into them. Yeah. Have if it's it only works if everybody else <laughs> is into it. If yeah. you're in a, if you're in a show and and those gang vocals are not, and no one cares in the audience. Yeah. Then that just sort of makes me sad. I know. But like, I would love to be at a show where everybody would be super into it. Yeah. I read an interview with Wretched where he was saying, like, no matter if it's like a big festival we're playing or like a tiny dive bar in the Midwest, which is often the case, like they try to give it the same level of energy and theatricality. And some of the videos I saw did appear to be some pretty small bars uh in indiana and neighboring states and i'm like i don't care man i'm gonna go <laughs> next time i can and just if i'm the only guy going whoa in the pit <laughs> i'm gonna do it i can't wait dude bring in my own shovel <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like hey hey wretched I'm, I'm i'm john can you can you sign my, my shovel, shovel? <laughs> you'd be like absolutely absolutely the shovel is not exactly what it seems that's a good that's a good wretched you might have to do that in our band. My pretties. <laughs> he doesn't say my pretties, but, no, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's the idea. <laughs> Invisible man. Watch out. Do I seem like an animal to yeah. you? Face. Well, 
such an interesting song to me it is uh, you know i it's it's not it's not too often you know <clears throat> that <laughs> like i i did not expect a a song lamenting uh lamenting poverty no. on this record no and um, very humanizing in a humanizing yes. way be like you know i'm like the the line, it's like I'm, you know, it's been essentially saying the invisible invisible man is is the person, the homeless person, right. and and that they're not being acknowledged, that no one's even looking at them. But at the same time, they are fearfully made. They are yeah. They are also made by God, and right. and so it's sort of giving them some of that humanity. Yeah, so. it it has an actual Christian message, which yes. we don't often hear from some of these Christian bands we cover right? on the pod. Uh, it's actually surprising how infrequently this kind of song uh, is one that we've heard. Because right. I mean, yeah, he's singing about the least of these. It's a an very actual, an actual song about justice and yeah. like injustice. Very know? very rooted in in gospel concept. And yeah, I mean, yeah. as you said, uh, talking about the person being created fearfully. Uh, I don't. It's just not, yeah, it, it, not something you, you necessarily expect, uh, especially from these kind of bands we've been hearing in this stretch, but I, I'm, I'm incredibly here for it. This is like yeah. a, um, okay, you can talk a lot about being dead to sin or whatever, but like, what, how, how, what does your life look like differently now that you are right. alive in Christ? Well, perhaps it looks like treating people who are marginalized uh, in a different way and recognizing God and other people. Um, so I, I, Man, I just think the song is super cool. Um, I like the sound of it. I like the message of it. And it um, still uses a spooky concept like the Invisible Man. Right. To, yeah. Here for it. To incorporate their their theology into this yeah. uh, this song, and and I also like that he uses the term "least of these." Yeah. You know that's you know, something that Jesus says, you know, whatever you did mm -hmm. to, uh, for the least of these you did to, for me, you know, this whole idea of like, you know, Jesus, when did we see you hungry or imprisoned or, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like a very pivotal part of the gospels. Yes. yes you know? Absolutely. Arguably like some of the most important of Jesus's teachings. Um, and yet we hear a lot more songs about lust than we do about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, this, this idea of using 
monsters and monster movies to talk about theology and justice issues. So it's getting me all revved up. Um, the, the bridge, also really cool. Uh, at about 2.30, goes into a major key. Some organ comes in. Can we hear some of that? Hell yeah. little solo there i just think that shift into like all of a sudden we're like ascending into these major chords is a really cool little lift in the song there yes um good one into it um now into a little bit of a bummer something something wicked this way comes supernatural perhaps baloney perhaps not there are many things under the sun got like a little bit of a motley crew thing going on it does they me. have a few songs that are more in the sort of hard rock lane which yeah are not which my favorite it, yeah mode which them. is why i was like pardon me is like is john gonna dig this sure. album because it has it does have a little bit of that it does uh, sunset strip kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not my favorite yeah. mode. um but i feel like those are more the exception than the rule on this album um yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so he's talking about nothing new under the sun. The point sort of being that there's nothing we can do that would separate us from God or the love of God, um, which I think is a fine point. And some examples he gives, sure. You know, he's talking about corrupt cops and politicians. Uh, others feel a little more exploitative and a bummery. Punching, a little punching down. Yeah, when he gets to hookers turning six tricks, I mean, that's rough. Um, yeah. What about instead of, you know, calling out the sinful behavior we call out the sinful behavior of a society that mistreats sex workers like that that's yeah. something i could get more on board with uh yeah it just starts to feel that sort of like how about you know, uh how about you know a if you want to talk about maybe pimps who are exploiting right their, right yeah. their sex workers versus right, right. you yeah. know pinning you know. it on these hookers yeah um yeah hooker yeah. Two is just a term like it's yeah it's a bummer yeah, it's a bummer um but you know it's just that sort of like poverty porn thing you know we're just like reveling in the like these bummer stories and i get that the point is like you know he's seen all this stuff there's all kinds of bad stuff but no matter what that doesn't separate us from god which i 
agree with, but I just I think it's kind of feels icky, sort of like wallowing in these like, uh, what's the worst shit I can think of? Um, yeah. But musically, I think it's yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, the opening clip there is from Bella Lugosi and the Black Cat, another good movie. There's a cool kind of metally guitar bridge, uh, like that part. Um, yeah, not not one of my favorites. No, this is also not one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, it, it it's it's just I don't I don't jive with the the overall tone or the lyrics. They just sort of like, yeah. I get what I get what you're trying to say, but the examples that you're coming up with, not, right. you know. Like I said, like I was saying, punching down you. Why, why you got to go with? <laughs> there's just there are like you said, corrupt cops, politicians. Right. There's so many other things. Let's talk about billionaires, you know. Talk about literally any anything else yeah. other than like, what's being talked about is like the victims and not the abusers. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which I guess is maybe that's what he's trying to say. I don't know. Sometimes like the first verse is sort of victims, the second verse is more of the abusers, I suppose, but. I don't know. That, that, and that is a strain of some metal, I feel like, where it's just like, well, we're going to think of some twisted shit that happened to some people. And it's just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Get back to the werewolves. <laughs> Let's get back to Nightbreed. Too. okay cool tell me more well you know it's uh it's it's hard to find it's whenever you do albums <laughs> that are have very heavy christian messages it's hard to <laughs> pick one that there's not something on there i kind of disagree with uh sure. this this to me it 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 comes across as a we're we're the yeah. freaks and we're weird right, and they're right. gonna they're gonna like you know kind of go after us and they're gonna try and you know take us down and whatever but you know we're gonna you know we're gonna keep you know yeah moving forward I guess as the as nightbreed whatever but <laughs> it's it's hard to it's hard to deny the the yeah whoa oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it rules. And um, I love the I love the chorus too. Yeah, it's fun. Those drum fills in the opening too get yeah. me hyped. Um, 
Yeah, what you're saying about the lyrics is sort of what I suspected it could be and wasn't totally sure about. But I think now that you're confirming it, I'm like, yeah, that probably is what it is. But I mean, again, it's kind of another one about spiritual warfare. Um, you know, there's the yeah. movie Nightbreed uh, is about monsters that hide from society in an underground city. Um, and in this one, the Nightbreed are are the ones fighting the dark forces. So I guess right. You know, there's an argument to be made for them being the freaks in terms of being like out of step with a sinful society, sort of. Right. Uh, which is, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yes. our safety in numbers awaiting the final hour. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. But... <laughs> I like being called Nightbreed. I think that's cool. <laughs> I think that's cool too. I like, I like being a freak and, yeah. And, and what is it? What do they say that they're, uh, uh, you know, we are the night breed so far away from home. We are the night breed across the earth we roam. I like that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I'm into that. And again, like, could be just about somebody might be like night breed. I know that movie's about monsters, and this song's about monsters living underground. It's like, all right, cool. You know, so it's like, yeah. you could just take it that way if you wanted to. Um, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. Um, you know what else is fun? Oh, yeah. Don't try to escape your cat. Number one, of course. Number one. Of course, it's the number one. Man, the song rules. This, uh, song, and from everything, from everything I can tell, uh, like, you know, like, it's about like <laughs> going to a haunted house. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. He says, "I believe in ghosts," <laughs> like. Yeah. uh more than like anything i don't know yes. if like the haunted house is church and i Jesus think it might the be ghosts. i think <laughs> I so i don't know but like but also i believe in ghosts so take me to a haunted house i mean <laughs> yeah, he says exactly. that a thousand times and i love it <laughs> i want like a jacket that's embroidered with i believe in ghosts so take me to a haunted house i think it fucking rules um yeah it's like I think, you know, he says, like, for a reanimated corpse like me, he's kind of bringing that imagery back in. Yeah, yeah, Take yeah. me where the spirit freely roams. Again, I don't mind. He's talking about, if he wants to talk about God as, like, spirits roaming around, I don't mind. It works on that surface level, purely just about, <laughs> I believe in ghosts like me not in a house, but also as a spooky framing of sort of embracing supernatural elements of faith. And, yeah, I sort yeah. of take it as, like, you know, everybody raise your fist and raise your voice 
sing whoa i was sort of like worshiping together i yeah, think yeah, is yeah. the idea yeah, yeah, yeah. um but this, this is my kind of worship i'm into it um if, if i if i went to a church and they were playing this song and be like sign me up oh man that rules they're just whoa. like whoa <laughs> hell yeah um it's like the, the the pastor gets up on stage and it's like how many of you believe in ghosts hey whoa <laughs> <laughs> we are in a haunted house tonight. Um, Everybody raise your hands. <laughs> I would have so much an easier time with like prison worship music of like raising your hands in the air. If it was like a raise your fist, like, whoa. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's irresistible. I feel like that sort of the descending vocal melody with the ascending instrumental melody, it's just a combination that cannot be beat. It's like, just hits a, a pleasure even, center not even with a shovel it cannot be <laughs> no 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 um yeah it's just it's all it's all pleasure center here for me it's the course is super catchy i think yeah. his voice sounds great uh the great harmonies and the shadow long woes of course yeah. it's just yeah it's a working fire and all cylinders for me here yeah it to like the the so everybody raise your hands whoa oh, oh. like like already that you're like you know my like dopamine is just being released all over my yes. brain during that part yes. but then it goes from that to because i believe in ghosts so take me to a haunted house it's so and, great and the rest of my brain is lighting up oh man <laughs> i love this song it's it's so fun this so is good. one of those songs where you're like everybody in this fucking pit better yes. be putting oh, their man. arms around each other and like, yes. you know, singing woes. Oh, sounds so great. <laughs> just rocking up to some skeletons sweating up on stage. Just like some, I just, I just, I jump on stage, grab wretched oh. shovel and start like Hell playing yeah. his shovel. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a great time. <laughs> um, all right. Now uh, for something completely different. <laughs> yes. Incredible shrinking woman. Listen closely, my friends. Things are not always as they seem. This next song does not condone domestic violence. It's a pretty little lullaby that should make you sick to your Stop. All right. This goes on for a while. It by goes the way. on for way too <laughs> Another long. Another minute. Yeah. This this could have gone like in the liner notes of, you know, they they could have pulled well, lines or something. We'll get there. We'll get there. But um, let's hear some of the actual songs. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. Like, where when does the song actually? I think it, I think it goes on for like another minute. So maybe yeah. like minute thirty something. <laughs> Yes. Oh, 
think this rules. Yeah, it's, uh, this is another song that when combined with Invisible Man, I'm like, yes, they're taking on some pretty serious yes. issues. Like not just like, you know, uh, in, in this sort of lazy way, but they in the in the actual like uh, CD and like in the booklet, they have they have this line that's like that talks about like if you're uh it's it says if you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence we urge you to contact the national domestic violence hotline and they give resources Mm -hmm. um so this is not just like a let's think of some fucked up shit we can talk about like they're like ad trying to advocate for an issue that they care about and i think that's that's awesome absolutely and I think you named what works for me in comparison to the something like this way comes is this doesn't feel exploitative. This feels like an intentional positioning around a heavy topic and doing it in a way that, that respects the subject. Um, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> the song is told from the perspective of the abuser. So I think that its point is pretty clear on its own. Um, and the first time I listened through when he's saying this song is not about domestic or does not condone domestic violence. I'm like, I'm getting a little nervous. Like if you have to do a little clarifying thing that says this isn't condoning domestic violence, I'm like, what am I going to hear? But I actually, I, I think it's, I'm glad they added the intro because I think it makes it more intentionally focused. And it's like, we're not just sort of, casually throwing this out there um you know he says it is our desire that you would be empowered to leave your violent situation i like the idea of using empowerment language and using it to be like this is important enough to sort of like use my spooky voice to talk about (laughs) giving an intro to this and then the song is like a great hardcore song and the drums are going nuts and it sounds great um so yeah i don't know if it needed to be a Quite minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty long. I mean, I feel like there could have been it could have been a little bit more concise because it's it's hard to listen to that. Like when you're like, yes. like I want I want to get to the song. Like I know. I'm a, I'm fully on board with the message yeah. in every conceivable way, and I love the empowerment. I love that there's no blaming language. Right, right. You know, yeah. like you know, it's like why don't you just leave already? It's like there are lots of reasons that people stay in abusive situations and it's super complicated and so so giving the resources is 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 smart rather than like saying like you know just do it already leave the asshole or whatever right right dismissive because it it is complex and so um yeah so being like i hope like having this hope that people can be removed at, at some point you know yeah um i think that's i think that's great and i think it's respectful and i think it's it's good language um yeah totally i also uh, i mean yeah, yeah it just it just comes it's it it <laughs> i don't know i'm I'm of two minds about it because it's like it's jarring it's jarring because it's like it, it's like this is very serious but he's using this very <laughs> spooky yeah. black metal voice to talk right. about it you know some like yeah. this this isn't a joke though, but it right. sounds like a joke. Right. I thought in my head, like they clearly thought it was important enough to like include something on the actual record to give it some context. And I'm like, I wonder if they went through, should we just say something? 
no, if we say something, we should do it in the regular voice. <laughs> but if we just do that, we should probably make it seem like it's during a live show because otherwise just having him talk is, uh, is weird. <laughs> so I kind of like that it's like, sounds like sort of a live album there for a second. Yeah. Um, I also like to your point, the idea of taking these classic monster movie titles, you know, Invisible Man, Incredible Shrinking Woman and applying it to marginalized people. Um, how yeah. does, you know, a woman feeling like she's, having to shrink down because yeah. of a, an abusive partner um, right, i think right. is like a, a powerful idea so i like that one of the many powerful things about um what they were trying to accomplish yeah just that, yeah. that image of a woman trying to i mean like it, it could almost even because yeah like the invisible man and incredible shrinking woman they're all it's like the same thing like mm-hmm. you know trying to one is like not being noticed and the other one like doesn't want to be noticed Right, um, right. Or yeah. becoming so small because... Yeah. But anyway, um, good on you, Grave Robber. Yes. Uh, last man on Earth. If I were the last man on Earth I would still love you If I wait to find I'm left behind I would see my number two wow <laughs> is this your biggest bummer <laughs> it's it's this song is up there with something wicked this way comes for me it's just like i don't i don't need a rapture song <laughs> I, don't. I understand <laughs> let me counter that with whoa, whoa. just that that whoa, whoa melody hits off all those uh you know the 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 pleasure synapses in my brain just like haunted house did i just cannot i find this the sound irresistible um but john will you will you reject the mark of the beast (laughs) so here's (laughs) here are the most bummer lyrics i will die a martyr's death my head will roll as i reject the mark of the beast it's just like all right (laughs) um you know this let my blood run deep and I'm just, and I'll still look them in the eye. It's like, all right, guys. Um, this is this is straight up left behind stuff, yeah. spiritual warfare stuff. It's this. also this sort of like, if there were if there were like a version of like right winger Christian pornography of like <laughs> this idea of like some some people like some there's like a particular kind of guy that wants to be that imagines themselves like an action hero yeah. and they like 
craft these this idyllic version of like where right. they're i mean it's all these all these gun people that are like right, well right. if i were there i would have pulled out my gun and i would have done this and it's like it's like right. yeah super cool that you can create a story around a situation that that is most likely never going to happen to you and this is never going to happen the story of like being the what? last man on earth like denying the mark of the beast and like fighting and like their head it's like you're create you're crafting a story that like makes you sound like a badass in a situation that like will literally never happen and mm -hmm. it's like i don't know it just it's like we'll see andrew we'll see what happens <laughs> um i don't know i i mean there there is there is an obsession in certain evangelical circles with martyrdom and persecution and yeah this is certainly in line with like, oh, I'm a, I'm imagining what they're gonna do to me, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> um, but like, again, it doesn't really bother me because it works as a surface level romantic song. Because if I were the last whoa! man on earth. <laughs> that... <laughs> well, also that, but it's just like you know, it, there. That's just a romantic sort of '50s style song about like, if I were the last man on earth, I wouldn't stop loving you. Like that's just that that can be just what it is now. The Until you get about... to the part about tearing away my flesh. <laughs> I know. But like, yeah, and the, the you that he's loving is God and it's in the end times. <laughs> but yeah. to me, this feels fun. It doesn't feel judgy in a way that I think bums me out. Now, you know, the Mark of the Beast and all that stuff, fine. That bums me out. But again, it's sort of like, for me, they're sort of playing in their dark spiritual warfare world and it's not one it's not about how all the horrors will be sent to Babylon or whatever it's like <laughs> you know he's imagining himself in this you know apocalyptic scenario I guess I don't mind it um I understand your reservations but may I also play as a counterpoint uh, a cool solo for you yes absolutely <laughs> can we hear uh 201 some of yeah. that guitar solo almost has like it's, a uh, social distortion absolutely social d i was even gonna say it's a little polarisy. <laughs> oh interesting i yeah, think I it was like all sound. the all that reverb on that and yes. on that clean guitar just sounded like a little mike ness action absolutely it does and then it, it drops out into just toms and whoa and then the bass comes in yeah that bass i love it that's great i love it i can't <laughs> i cannot deny it it must be in my top three mark of the beast be damned fair enough um i i don't know i still i i would i would like to hear that one live but you know i still gotta still gotta rip my my nightbreed bro sure um Fill this place with blood. <laughs> also known as Iron Man. Yeah.
I can't believe that this song was released so obviously with the Black Sabbath Iron Man riff. It's, it's so it's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Well, I mean, dan, 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 dan. Yeah. It's 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 almost note for note. Yeah, I don't know. It moves into different territory, but yeah. I hear you. Um, I don't know. Is I think this is fun. Live or dead? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I understand. Know. I think Black Sabbath hangs heavily over these guys. Um, I don't know. I like it. it. It's not my fave. You know, as to your point, it's more of the hard rocky mode. Um, there's some metally guitar solos. Uh, yes, there is for sure. This is one that's music by Lamentor and Richard, so it kind of makes sense. These sort of like hard rocky virtuosic guitar songs are usually Lamentor, who's the guitar player. Um, I think it's fun lyrically. Not not totally sure what to do with this one. <laughs> I think um, it's it's got to be crucifixion. Well, it's got to be a crucifixion story slash Passover. I mean, you're talking about the blood on the door and the carnage at nightfall, uh, the lamb sacrifice. But you know, it's connecting Passover to, you know, he says blood atonement, which yeah. is you know connecting to the crucifixion. Obviously, right. Um, it's kind of like that blaster song that sort of reveled in the destruction of the planet as a Christian apocalypse. Uh, it feels a little like that to me here. I get some of that energy where it's like, you know, is he reveling in the idea of filling this place with the blood of enemies? <laughs> um, I know it's about blood atonement, but is it like from the perspective of the Egyptians or wanting to destroy the Egyptians? Uh, or is it just metal? You know what I mean? <laughs> like just fill this place with blood of the sacrifice of Christ. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, fill mean, this shrieks, place with blood. Shrieks of terror in the night, a house with yeah. freshly dead. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's intense. Um, I do think it sounds great though. So I don't know. I, it's one of those where I'm like, how, how, how uh, offended should I be by this? I don't know. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you're right. As I, I, I don't know why I didn't see the very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, uh, strike down the firstborn. Right. Right. Yeah, that should have uh, should have been my first clue. You fucked up. Fucked up, bro. <laughs> fucked up. Um, curse of the werewolf again. <laughs> Let us say <laughs> let us werewolves live. Let <laughs> let the werewolves be make werewolves great again. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not a curse to be a werewolf. But the song's called Curse Ooh. of the Werewolf. I like this though. Aru. John Powder. Powder. That's what they're saying. <laughs> I was saying Boohurns. <laughs> You see me, you know that 
I love that little breakdown right there. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't know. I like it. It's it again. This is sort of more in the metal hard rock lane, which isn't necessarily yeah. my preferred mode. Another one with music by Lamentor. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like it well enough. And again, using werewolf as a metaphor for sin, fine. Yeah. But uh, and I understand that it's a good metaphor because werewolves go out at night. They can't control themselves. They usually do bad stuff, like kill people. I get it. <laughs> but uh, I want to reclaim werewolves as cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Werewolf reclamation project. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hell yes. Uh, we that <laughs> that will be. Is that our band name? <laughs> It should be Werewolf Reclamation Project. Hell yeah, WRP, bro. Yeah, we'll get jackets. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've... yeah, my tortured soul, my heart cries out. Step by step, slowly, I turn day by day, longing for a transfusion renewal. You know, the transfusion renewal. It's a bit. That's a bit clunky of a sure. you know way to be like I need. I need a change of heart. I need to repent, or you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think we Again. we're we are very pro werewolf on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's only because we've. What other circumstance would we listen to three bands in a row that use werewolves as a metaphor for sin? Like, <laughs> it's not a normal thing to like get hung up on. But for us, it's like enough with the werewolves as sin. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still think it's cool. I like werewolves. I like songs about werewolves. You're talking about theology through a werewolf lens. I'm good with it. So I don't know. It doesn't bother yeah. me too much, but it's not not my favorite. But yeah, I also want to talk quickly about uh, this uh, this cover for their album "Escaping the Grave" <laughs> because they have uh, evidently they have a like a maybe like a remixed version. Yes, they do, and it is a bummer. We could hear some of it if we want, but uh, I mean, we might as well. Um, yeah. But it's a it's a cool looking cover. It's all their covers are cool. Um, the font of Grave Robber. Here we go. Now, if they played that as like a, you know, their intro walk-up music or something, I get hyped. That's fun, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't need the bloops and bloops there. Um, Man, yes. one of the first time John has ever said, <laughs> "I don't need the bleeps and bloops." I like my bleeps and bloops and my horror punk in separate categories. Okay, um, yeah, the the font of Grave Robber on this "Escaping the Grave" uh, cover is cool too. They also have, we should say, a Christmas collection. <laughs> <laughs> called have yourself a scary little christmas might have to uh, cover or scary christmas to you <laughs> yeah yeah they they're definitely um have some songs on here yeah uh, we need we might need to look at uh grandma got hat eat <laughs> grandma got half eaten by a zombie pretty good it's pretty fun 
yeah if you're doing a scary christmas album i'm into you um yeah so grave robber super fun uh, you know yes. we had things to sort of uh pontificate about but like on the whole i, I am way into this band <laughs> this will be a new band that i return to regularly i will seek them out uh unfortunately most of these indiana bands we're talking about are like kind of far from chicago <laughs> more towards the ohio side but i look forward to eventually uh joining the undead army with grave robber <laughs> had a lot of fun going through this let us know what you think i don't i don't know i i don't think that they have as big a following as um as some of the bands we talked about but but maybe maybe people are super into them and we don't know. So let yeah, us let know us... what you think. Yeah, please. At Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review. We will read your Apple Podcast review on the show. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727. MagPod. You can pick up some merch, some of that limited edition Magnified Pod merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. And we got to say thanks to Danny Leary for some of these dope designs he's done that we've put on the merch. And thanks to Unoriginal Vinyl, both Shadow Producer Jason and their designer Bruno for whipping up a new design, which we will be putting in merch on the shop very soon that rules. Bruno is at paper underscore scuffs on Instagram to check him out and support him. Uh, I, I, this, these designs that we're getting for this uh, little mini series and putting on the merch is making my heart so happy. Uh, they're so cool. Um, so everybody, support Danny Larry, support Unoriginal Vinyl, support Bruno. Yes. Thanks to those friends. Well, boils and ghouls, our time in the pine box is over for this week. It'll be back out of the grave next week when we'll discuss Harley Pose into the dark. I believe in ghosts. I want to go to a haunted house right now. Take me to one. I will, bro. Let's go. (laughs) I wanted to get at least three. Yeah, I was worried it was. I was not listening too hard. I was not listening to my gut. I should have listened to my gut more. That's what I always learn. You got to go with it. Yeah. Shit. (laughs) I I was overthinking everything too much. Yeah. Sorry, I threw you with the kangaroo. If you are. You have Hello. the body of a kangaroo. <laughs> you might be a Jersey monster. <laughs> I would love it if Jeff Foxworthy pivoted and did it all like Windigo set. All just like 45 minutes of Windigo based comedy. <laughs> hey, maybe you would play with like First Nations audiences. <laughs> yeah, but only like Algonquin speaking, <laughs> the most yeah. niche comedy. They're like, this like, is fucking gold. If you if you loved you might be a redneck jokes and <laughs> you're a First Nations Algonquin speaking person who yep. believes in Windigos, you're gonna love this. And we got a special for you. 
if you have all right i just i <laughs> oh man uh, no one has done a jeff foxworthy impression in like 25 years for more shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com